Um, do you want to do just like a short intro to say like, hey, we're all here together and we're just going to talk about social media? Is that like you as in the royal you or me? <laughs> you. Okay. <laughs> all right. We are in Denver, Colorado all together. Myself, Michael Moeller, Courtney Santora, and Ellie Toves. Guys, it's good to be in Denver and it's good to be with you all in person. Love having you. We do. It's been, it's been a good time. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you know, usually we do this uh, interview-based format in which we bring in a social media influencer or a brand manager of some sort. Uh, but today we just kind of want to do a, a, a live, quote-unquote, live roundtable just on social media in general. We'll get to learn a little bit more about each other on the Go Social team and. and um, just general thoughts about social media practices as a whole. So Courtney, what, what did you have in mind today? Yeah, well, you know, we had a discussion yesterday about, you know, where we're heading. And, and one of the things that I thought about was, you know, as a company, we I started back in 2010. And so we've been around for a while. So I thought it'd be kind of interesting to take a look at today, like, you know, where social was, um, where we are today and where we think it might be heading. And also maybe touch a little bit about on uh, traditional media and how we get our news as well. So, um, you know, one of the first things that I, I wanted to hear from you guys was when when did you open your first social account? What what platform was it on? What What were you posting? Do you remember even? So for me, it was actually uh, MySpace when that first came around. Um, you got to pick like your top people. It was like kind of a big deal, I feel like, through your friends. I was in like middle school or probably before that, maybe. I don't know. I'm kind of scared to say. Um, but yeah, MySpace was the classic. Yeah, likewise, MySpace for me, too. Um, I think I was probably in the eighth grade when I signed up for one. Um, and I just remember it being so bad looking back and, and just how messy everything was and like all the fonts that we were using and um, the, Did, the, the autoplay songs that you can choose from and your top friends. Didn't Justin Timberlake buy that? Yeah, because now, I mean, it still exists. It's just like a, a, a music platform of some sort, like a, a music social media platform, yeah. but I'm not that familiar with it. I read an article recently about uh, how MySpace is, to, uh, is being credited as the influence of so many um, like female coders now, because they um, m at the time, you know, there weren't that many people coding online. But because you customized the MySpace site however you wanted to using HTML and I guess some Java, um, it kind of forced people to learn how to do it. Interesting. Well, I do have a MySpace uh, T-shirt. So when they were on their way out, they came to present to me when I was working on the on the client side and. Um, I do have a t-shirt, which I feel like is very retro, but I never had an account on my, MySpace. My first one was Facebook, and that was, I would say, probably around like 2007, 2008. Um, and I actually... I, I think I might have mentioned to you guys sometimes when my old posts pop up in my timeline, they're just, they're so bad. They are like the, the pictures aren't even rotated the right way. And I remember when I first started, it said like Courtney is, and then I filled in the blank. Um, 
and also like games were huge do you do you remember that farmville yeah yeah playing on on facebook and i actually used the notes section i saw some a couple of notes that i had done like almost like those quizzes of like when people ask now they just put it in oh, the yeah. post but for whatever reason i like were <laughs> storing them in the notes um and i was also like in a lot of facebook groups which I'm in a couple, like a neighborhood groups now, but not in the same way. Like I was joining groups like crazy back then. So it's interesting to see how your behaviors changed. I think I've deleted my Facebook account four or five different times since I first opened one. So like what I mean by that is I'll delete it and then I'll just sign up for it again. So fresh I'm going three years right now is I think the longest time I've gone without uh, closing down a Facebook account and reopening another one. I don't know. So I don't get like those eight years ago today posts. It was oh. the oldest I'll get is three years ago today. And I don't want to know what I was posting when I was a freshman <laughs> in high school. So that, that's fine. I know. I'm always like, thank God they didn't have this when I was in college. Cause I feel like that would have been bad news, but you guys obviously lived, lived through that social media college era. But yeah, the memories are a little bit scary when those yeah. pop up. You're <laughs> like, why was I talking like that? It's, yeah, nothing like extreme, but it is a little frightening to see how much you've changed in a short amount of time. Yeah. So, so that was obviously like middle school. So let's say like three to five years ago, what was your favorite social platform? Uh, for me, that, that would be back then and still is uh, Twitter. <clears throat> I think I've had my Twitter account for eight or nine years now. Uh, and I haven't deleted that like un unlike Facebook, but yeah, it was, it's always been good to me. And what do you like about Twitter? Um, I mean, I, I like that I can curate the content a little bit more and it's not ad as ad invasive as other platforms. Um, if there is drama going on, it's so much easier just to mute, mute that than on other platforms I, I find. And it's also just a good um, news resource for, for me. Now, I mean, I will say that even on like the App Store uh, for Apple, it's no longer even considered a social media category uh, for the app. It's in the news section now. It, it's it's interesting that you bring up apps because when I was thinking about Facebook when it first started and playing the games, I remember at that time I had a BlackBerry <clears throat> smartphone. So the iPhone hadn't quite come out then or wasn't really that prevalent. So you didn't have all the apps on your phone. So it was almost like Facebook was your smartphone app gaming center. And mm -hmm. then it kind of shifted to the phone versus that. Um, and just one other thing about Facebook that, you know, I was, I was talking to my husband about it and he said, you know, the best thing about Facebook when he first got on it is he said, was finding all those people that, you know, from high school and stuff that you didn't, you're like, I don't really care enough to call, but at the same sense, I'm curious to see. And, you know, now at this point in the game, it's like, you kind of know what everyone's doing. Like every now and then I'll have like a random person from high school friend me and I'm like, oh, wow, he turned out, you know, okay, as a family and a, and a job, I didn't have high hopes. So it's <laughs> like, um, so like that, that's interesting. But I feel like that thrill of Facebook of rediscovering people, it doesn't really exist anymore. I don't know for me. What about you, Ellie? What was your favorite network a few years ago? I said Twitter as well. Um, I just feel like back in the day it was so funny and just like genuine. Not not a ton of people were on it. Um, I don't know. It was just you could go in there and laugh. People were pretty like honest and saying what they're feeling or um, posting funny things. So I like going on there just to 
read some funny stuff. It's not too deep or super opinionated. Um, I feel like the limits of what you can say kind of keeps people reined in. Do you ever feel like you want to be on a network like where pe- you don't know people? Like that's almost refreshing? Reddit. That would be mine. Um, I mean, I guess it's maybe not necessarily a social platform. Maybe it falls under the like a forum category. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, it's almost weird to know people on Reddit because everybody does try to keep anonymous and um, have usernames separate from their real life. Yeah. I don't know if I'd be interested in like the super anonymous thing. I kind of like following people that I'm interested in or like my friends, seeing what they're saying or retweeting because um, I feel like it's kind of more it's deeper than what you would be willing to post on like Facebook in a way. I feel like Facebook, everybody's families are on it or it gets super political nowadays online. Um, so I feel like Twitter's just kind of a fun space still, even today. And I would add that something that makes Twitter unique is that you know you can post 20 times, tweet 20 times in a day and nobody bats an eye. You do that on Facebook or Instagram, you're annoying everybody. Mm-hmm. Very true. I mean, to that point, what's the most annoying content you see on Facebook? What really gets you? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of memes, uh, but I think that we're at a weird, this, like this weird point now where everybody's just sharing a screenshot of a tweet that was screenshotted from an Instagram post, and it's like this weird, like just, it's just bad content. But I, I get. Um, distracted by things like that all the time otherwise you know the the issue of the the fake news and and inauthentic or rather disingenuous articles that get shared and reshared and I, I can't stand it for me I feel like it's people that maybe I went to high school with from my old town and they're posting or complaining about something and I don't care at all you know <laughs> but it's like a long rant and like do I unfriend them do I I don't know I think just people use it as a space to unload so I feel like the unloading is my least favorite thing I see on Facebook right what about people who use their personal account for work stuff to share work news does that bother you whether it's like selling skincare or whether they're a realtor or for me for me I think it matters about like how long have I've known this person because um, occasionally I'll see like them post regular stuff and then maybe they get a new job and then all of a sudden they're just talking about like you know they're, they're, tr- they're trying to sell us on the, on their own job I'm like dude I already liked you before <laughs> like what <laughs> why are you trying so hard um, but no I mean I think it, I think it's fine uh, just be authentic about it I mean I feel like there's so many people that that they do that as like a side hustle whether it's like rodent in fields or something along those those lines and for me I get kind of over it after like the 15th post you know it's exciting for the first like little bit initially for them but um I feel like if you're just using that platform to sell stuff yeah I don't I'm not a big fan of that it gets kind of annoying to me personally I agree what about um your favorite social network today I know Michael you said Twitter but yeah that still stands for me it's Instagram um I really love it because I can connect with people who live in different areas of the world um and just the simplicity of being able to share a photo 
to communicate a lot is kind of nice without a long-winded post or reading too much or I just think it's simple um, and to the point and I feel like images just communicate a lot to me so I enjoy that the most. I agree I think even like I don't know I I'm been cooking more and just kind of more obsessed with food and I love like using Instagram to be able to discover new restaurants too I think is is a really fun way to do that um okay and though I have to say like because social media is my job like I'm a pretty private person who really doesn't post that much so like I've had an Instagram account for years but it's been pretty inactive um, so that's something I'm I'm working on but um, I, I do feel like when you work in social it can kind of suck the joy out of social on your personal side do you guys have you felt that yet since working on social sure I, I have yeah for me I feel like even with my page I've tried to kind of make it a little bit more of a business page rather than super personal so that's been something that I even kind of struggle with of what I post you know what's too personal or what's I don't feel like sometimes I even communicate super well about who I am on my page so it feels kind of like disingenuous about who I am as a person kind of like what we were going to talk about being things being like curated yeah. and how close is it to who you really are and do you feel there's a reason that you're not doing that? I mean, I think I'm just in general kind of a private person already. So, but I love photography and I love nature. So I like to shoot pictures and share that with people. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like on a page, you're just portraying kind of something to people. And yeah, that is a part of my life, but it's not my whole life isn't just traveling and like seeing pretty sights or anything like that. That's probably like 5% of my life. The rest is like work or family or, you know, the grocery store, not exciting things. <laughs> but on my page, people are like, all you do is travel. All you do is, you know, it mm -hmm. looks fun, but that's not really my life. Yeah. I feel like that has been the biggest shift just in general. Like I mean, I've had friends that look super happy in their marriage and then all of a sudden they get divorced or, you know, couples break up and you're like, what? How could this be? Because <laughs> you just put, you were holding hands on a beach last week, you know? And and sometimes I, I think that the people that put that out the most are like the least happy. You know, it's almost become like this this front and it's 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 just kind of it's, it's just weird that you never really know like the true story like who's really has a, su a successful business or who's just putting that image out there you know I would hate to be a high schooler right now oh. with social media and the, 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 the just the struggle of comparing your your um, it's like you're comparing your b-roll to the, somebody else's top hits and it's just uh, I mean there's already like even just as uh as a 27 year old as myself right now like th there's some anxiety to like keep up and uh man just to be in a middle school or high school mindset that would be horrible and i'm curious to see if they in you know a couple of years back away from social media because of that yeah i feel like it kind of makes it so it's so constant for kids nowadays like with smartphones they have it all the time the access to social media it never ends and then when you go home you still have access to it as well so it's like where's the break 
you know where is the disconnect when you leave school and you're still kind of like dealing with school things or like pressures offline as well as in person I just think it's kind of a overwhelming things for kids yeah it's so true I mean not to date myself but I remember like when I did have like a boyfriend in high school or friend, you know, they, they were calling my house phone. <laughs> and I, my biggest concern was, is my mom listening on the other hand? <laughs> and so, and now to think about the fact, like I, I know people who have like tween kids and they're on FaceTime all the time. And it's like, God, that's so weird that, you know, it is constant. But I also think there's a lot of good with social too. I mean, I think it gets a lot of bad rap, but I, you know, there's there's instances where like uh, there's been like a hurricane or a tornado, and people are posting things that they find that are blown away, and I'm like, that warms my heart. I'm like, that's the best of humanity coming together, and and I think it can facilitate that. So I I do think that there is good, but yeah, that day to day pressure, um, and I think even like with us, like I constantly seeing how did this client post do and then I find myself applying that to my personal life more so than I feel like the average person who's not like interested in the engagement as as much and um and it almost makes it to like I don't want to post because of that sometimes but um okay so now that that's all depressing (laughs) who is who is your favorite person to follow on social right now and why I mean, for me, I don't have a specific person, um, but I mean, just again, going back to Twitter, there's there are groups of people that depending on the time of year, I find them all incredibly entertaining. So right now we're in Kentucky football and Kentucky basketball uh, seasons and just all the, the UK people that I've followed over the years. It's like it, whenever I'm at home watching the game on TV, I have a, a stream of people doing the exact same thing and, and they're sharing all their comments as, as well. I have beer people that I follow that I enjoy their commentary on throughout the year. And um, it's just, for me, it's more about just like the groups of people that I care to follow than any one individual person themselves. Yeah, I'd say probably the same for me. I like um, a lot of ocean photographers or surf photographers. And then I like a lot of meme pages. I can't lie. I follow a million on Facebook because I love scrolling and just laughing at something that's probably super stupid but it takes okay. yeah it takes the edge off the day you know yeah. <laughs> um this is kind of more of a short term but uh marissa ross so she was a stand-up comedian who i guess didn't hit it like huge but then she got really into wine and she's bon appetit's wine uh, correspondent but she is hilarious i mean she ch- she chugs right from the bottle and that's not why i like her but she's just she's really vulnerable she's just like she everything she does is funny i mean i it's it's very rare that i find people that make me like l- belly laugh out loud and constantly she does like she is just and and sometimes she'll have like haters on her page and like because like you just kind of fall in love with her like oh no (laughs) no. and and it's just it's it's interesting it's almost kind of creepy because I'm like I feel like I know her and I totally don't but yeah definitely one to follow um what about brand what's your favorite brand or company to follow um mine's probably uh Madewell or Lush Cosmetics those are my two favorite um I feel like they both just have like really creative marketing campaigns um and I love their products for the both of them. Um, and I think their quality 
and I think for Lush, they're really trying to like reduce plastic uh, consumption and are coming out with creative products to try to reduce that um, and that aren't harmful to the environment. So I like to support brands that are doing more than just selling products. So do you so when you see them in your feed, it doesn't you don't necessarily feel like, oh, someone's marketing to me. You're like, oh, I'm excited to see that post. Yeah, I feel like. And they are always coming out like innovation all the time with different products. So it's kind of exciting like when you actually see something on your feed because it's always so different. So I feel like they keep it fun, um, interesting and not the same. So it's never a drab like thing to have to see them on my my feed. So. Yeah, for me, uh, I think I was interested in working in social just because of Casper Mattress and, and what they do on social media. I was really just, um, I bought a mattress from them after hearing about them on a, on a podcast advertisement like three or four years ago. And I started following their social media. I'm just like, this is, this is different because, I mean, at the time there were brands like that, I'm sure. But this random ca- mattress company that was kind of a startup at the time just was tweeting whatever they wanted to. They, had, they uh, also had some really good imagery still. But, I mean, they had a personality that I could really get behind, too. So, I mean, to this day, they're still one of the, the brands that I enjoy seeing. And tell people what they sent you. Oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> they, they sent me a, a pillow on my one-year anniversary Aww. with them. How sweet. And, yeah, they, yeah, they're, 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 they're nice people. And I think they, they recognize who their um, engaged audiences are on their social channels and, and they can just keep going back to that which is a, a really important thing for all brands to be doing is just knowing who your your audience is the ones that keep com- coming back to you yeah i mean i just thinking of brands that you like to follow i mean i think it it goes back to like either they're giving you useful information like you know like a c- coupon code whether it's <laughs> republic or something like that or they're entertaining you know i feel like you really have to do one or the other in order to not be that nuisance in the feed so that's something to think about what what's your favorite brand oh so i was telling michael i'm like i feel like i'm not the average joe because i follow all our clients and so that has made me less apt to actually proactively go and follow other brands because i already feel like i'm like constantly up to date with that but i mean i definitely like it sounds i don't necessarily know if this is a brand brand but like my kids elementary school <laughs> I follow because I'm like I need to know like if there's important updates and stuff like that so um, yeah super not exciting not no lush cosmetics for me at this point in the game but I do like as a brand I really like um, have you heard of glossy glossier uh, yeah is it glossier or glossier I, think it's glossier. I, I just love their um, it's just fresh and it's just I've I've bought makeup from them and I didn't even need it and I just just because I'm like I just kind of want to be a part of it you know they just do such a good job online um I agree they do a really good job of keeping it clean and like innovative it's kind of different and um simple but yet effective yeah and I mean they're a brand that at the time I didn't know anybody else that was using it and it was purely they just got me online and then you know I've told several people about it so that's interesting. So we kind of touched on this already, but do you consider your social persona to be real or do you feel like it's curated? I've, I've split up to, uh, to have multiple accounts. Um, I still have a, a personal one, but I'm trying to decide what that actually means, right? Uh, 
is my personal one, just random things that I'm seeing throughout the day that I find myself like by myself laughing at. Are they necessarily like pretty photos that I take? Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm thinking about Instagram here specifically, but then I used to have a, a beer specific Instagram account where I'd just take pictures of like beers or places that I was going and, you know, I'd curate, curate it like that. Saying I have like an outdoorsy account that I, that I have as well. And, um, I just, I don't know what I'm posting on that regular personal one because I mean, we, we're still filtering ourselves somehow. I mean, we're not showing the, the really shitty part of the day. Like yeah. we're still saying like, Oh yeah, this is a cool thing I'm doing. Even though I might take up like a percent of my month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I feel like, like I said, I don't post a lot, but when I do, I find myself intentionally injecting humor just because I feel like, I don't know, there's something like in the world of everything being so curated. I want to just be like, I'm still real and I'm still here. And I'm telling you that like this didn't go perfectly or my kids, you know, just spilled the milkshake all over the car. <laughs> like I almost find myself posting about stuff that like other people would probably like try to hide as a as an anti-response yeah. to, although I do tend to always post when I go on vacation, which to your point is unrealistic because I'm not traveling all the time. So um, I do do that. Yeah, I feel like it's just kind of like I was saying a little earlier, like it's hard to know how much you actually want to share and put out there to people. Like, so for me, I think I want to stay personal with the people I know in my real life. I don't want to be like this, just put all of myself out on social media because I feel like that kind of takes away from life like I'd rather have my personal relationships be good rather than what I'm putting out there and sharing too much where you're giving yourself to people on a social platform like I don't know I think do you think because I know you mentioned like that you have had some brands send you things do you think by keeping it less personal you're more like attractive to brands to to work with you because it's you know, and it might be, I try to, it could be, I, I don't get super political or super personal. I kind of just try to keep it um, pretty just straightforward images. Um, I don't share a lot about my family or friends, which is a huge part of my life. But I think, yeah, it probably helps because I keep it more professional, or at least I try to, because um, I want to get noticed for my photographs and not have it be super personal or put something yeah. out there that could get me in trouble or, you know. I mean, I will say that when I was interviewing for your position, there was this candidate on paper that looked really great. And I went to her Twitter account and it was crazy. It was like just everything you wouldn't want your, your employee to be doing. And then it was really weird because within like an hour of me looking, she made it private. So she must have said like, oh, but I had already seen it. And I, I didn't even like call her for an interview, despite the fact she had like worked at a local agency and had really good experience. But I was like, no, this is just too crazy. <laughs> I don't want to have to deal with that. Now to that so. point, I, I think for, for Twitter, I am but I think pretty close to myself uh, on both as, you know, as a, as a personal account. Uh, I don't separate it by topics. If you follow me for, for beer stuff, you're probably also going to end up following me for, you know, UK football hot takes or uh, just random political rants or uh, sometimes just like personal stuff about what's, what I might be struggling with that week or something. And I think that's the 
going back to authenticity, that's like the auth uh, authentic platform for me is like, I will, like, I'm, I'm not going to try to post anything like outright, like outrageously offensive, but I'll, I'll be opinionated and try to back it up and be nice about it, I guess, but or not. But yeah, I, I think it's kind of interesting too, even on social, if it's someone that I know, whether it's on Facebook or if it is Twitter, I kind of get scared for people because I think about what you just said and I'm like, right. you know, people can look this up. Like yeah. this is information that someone could get, like take this down. Why are you like, I don't know. I think once you put something out there, you can't take it back. So it's good to be super cautious yeah. and thoughtful about what you're actually saying. Cause someone's going to find it. I had a friend that constantly complained about her job on Facebook and I was like, what are you doing? Like, and then she was constantly getting fired. <laughs> and so I was like, that's a good move. But one of the things during our podcast interviews that's come up a couple times is the fact of being vulnerable. And when people are vulnerable, they see their followers grow, they see engagement grow. And, you know, I've, I've even noticed that just amongst friends, like the more vulnerable the posts, the more engagement it tends to get. Um, so if you're if you're willing to put yourself out there, you know, it's it's that fine line. Yeah, um, I I agree. I just think it's kind of it's hard to do, in general. Yeah. I think to the world to put things out there about yourself, um, or that things that you're struggling with, it's hard. It, it, I feel like that's not an easy task to do. But I do think that that is so much more relatable than curated posts or you know, that 1% of your life that you put out there, it's so much more, people connect to that because a lot of people are going through the exact same things. But when we just post fluff, people end up feeling alone, you know? I think it's better when we share because then we can really connect. But I think it's easier said than done to put yourself out there. I agree, definitely. Okay, well, um, so what excites you about social media? Why, what keeps you coming back to it? fear of missing out um <laughs> FOMO yeah uh no I, I think that the exciting part about social media is the opportunities that you are given through it uh if used correctly and I've had two internships to thank just through Twitter networking um I've got to get good information from you know Instagram photographers about where, you know where they're going for their hikes and um where you know what restaurants they might recommend and I mean I can benefit from it personally and in real life uh, just because they decided to post something and I think that's probably I mean that's the most rewarding part of it yeah I think I just really love being able to connect with other people um, whether it's photographers artists um, and seeing what inspires people or what they're up to um, in their in their daily lives um, and I like also seeing how people choose to edit images um and i really love about instagram is that it's so simple you know i can use it my younger cousins can use it my grandma can use it i oh, just grandma i know she's yeah. she's the best <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is like the great equalizer so you've seen i mean i i I have been suckered in thanks to Facebook of buying clothes from like a company in China that I hated when I got because they were way too small. But um, and I couldn't return them. But um, but, you know, and I would have never known about that brand. So it's like the great equalizer in terms of brands like these little brands can really have a chance to grow or like you were saying, Casper, you know, startups. I mean, 
it's you don't need a, a million dollar ad budget in order to get in front of people anymore and and that's pretty exciting i agree okay so going like switching gears to kind of more pr um how do you guys consume news for me um i usually watch the today show that's how i get my news um or daily mail on my iphone um in the morning i just i kind of like to keep up with celebs it's light fluffy and not gonna ruin my day so that's yeah i try to i really try to limit news because it can get kind of depressing i feel like but that's me I'm, I'm a news junkie uh i wake up and i watch like the local uh like wdrb and drink my coffee and just watch it for a few segments and then but you're very unusual for your age i would say yeah uh, oh yeah i am uh i mean i i, I get a sunday paper yeah <laughs> i live alone and i get a sunday paper it's my choice um uh but otherwise i mean just real time twitter and reddit um i mean i get so much news from reddit and then uh, i have different news apps on my phone as well just different local papers and publications i it was interesting because i was at this event this weekend and i was just making conversation at dinner and i noticed that the three topics i brought up were all headlines that i had seen i have a, an alexa show so it's the alexa with a screen and they were all headlines that Alexa had flashed at me um, that morning. And it just kind of struck me that like, that's pretty much how I'm getting my news is whatever she's showing me. Cause I'm, I'm in the kitchen a lot. Like I'm usually the one that's cooking breakfast and, you know, and so they're just really quick snippets. And if it catches my eye, I'll, you know, ask her to play me a video about that headline. Um, it's kind of dangerous because I'm like literally just seeing headlines half mm -hmm. the time. Uh, but then the other place probably is Twitter and just like what's trending. Um, that'll be another way. But it's, I don't find myself, I find myself interacting with traditional media on social, but I don't find myself like going to specific newspaper websites just proactively. Like it has to be an interesting headline that will drive me to click through. Um, and, you know, in Louisville, the Courier Journal is like the main daily newspaper. And I've had experiences where like you go to their website and there's so many pop up ads mm -hmm. that it's like, even though I was interested in reading it, it's like, I can't. So it's that's just why you, that's why you got to pay. <laughs> I refuse to break down. I hate that. No. <laughs> You're like, I just want to read what's going on. And I'm the same way if it starts to cut off. They're like, if you want to read more of this article pay this mon money and i'm like I or mean, no or you just go into incognito mode how do Ooh, i do tell that? us about that on oh google <laughs> yeah okay so yeah, no yeah it's, it's you know it's a it's a way to um essentially just kind of go untraceable it doesn't like look at your cookies counts or uh doesn't necessarily show up on like your history um it's yeah it's just a function of well all, all browsers have it but if you're using google chrome top right corner drop down menu incognito mode and then you can you know if you don't want to pay for your news then you can just look up your articles however many times you want good to know yeah good. <laughs> so what do you guys think about paying for media i mean do you do you think that we we should be or are we in the era of everyone's so used to getting stuff for free now that it that model is dead yes i'm actually going like i said i, I subscribe to the paper for a reason uh, I want to get a New York Times subs subscription because I think, um, I, I think, if if you are wanting quality journalism, you should be 
paying for quality journalism, right? Uh, and the more they rely on, on, I mean, there's there's always been ads in news, but I think we're gonna see get to a point too where we're gonna hit a wall and it's just gonna be all uh, all news, all sponsored posts. Like you know, even TV stations will share something on Facebook like a headline or a news story. But of course, the first thing it's gonna say is sponsored colon and then like the the headline. So I'd I'd rather just pay for good news, but that obviously that's not the way that most people are going to consume it. What about you, Ali? For me, I feel like if it's important enough, I'm going to hear about it somehow. Oh, yeah. I don't I don't feel like I need to pay. I don't know. I feel like information and on social media, information shared so easily and all the time and communicated to people that, I mean, I feel like if you're a news junkie, I could totally see paying for it. But for me, I think it's not realistic and... I don't want to pay for anything. I don't have to. <laughs> yeah, I'm just so. I'm just thinking of ways to support the the journalists so they can keep reporting. No, it's good. No, I mean you're doing the right thing. <laughs> you are. But but it, to your point, Ali, about like you'll hear about it on social media. I I kind of wonder if that's you know with this rise of more social influencers, if that's part of the reason because in a way they're not reporters, but like I know I follow a lot of foodies online because I want to hear what's the new restaurant. And, you know, 10 years ago, I might have had to read that in the newspaper. And now I'm just following people for free. And I start to see, you know, the same restaurant pop up three to four times. I'm like, okay, I should go there, you know? Um, so it's almost like these, the social influencers are becoming mini reporters in a way. And I guess bloggers have been kind of for years. So. I guess I'm thinking not necessarily, you know, when I'm thinking news, I'm thinking of just like investigative reporting, right? Like yeah. I'm not thinking of the, the, three places in Louisville where you should be drinking bourbon tonight. Um, I'm thinking <laughs> of batters. <laughs> no, right. um, yeah, it, it's, it's for me, it was just, a uh, because they're, they're the ones that are doing the investigating and the research and they're the ones asking the questions. And yeah, I'd rather make sure that they're, they continue to do that. Um, be that watchdog. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So I have, six-year-old twins and sometimes I think about you know I watch their behavior and they're on YouTube all the time and you know I think about their childhood versus my childhood and and how different it is because I didn't have iPad at that time do you think that my kids are going to ever hold a newspaper when they grow up or do you think that even the careerjournal.com will exist or what are your thoughts well I own a record player <laughs> <laughs> I, I I buy vinyls yeah. Uh, that was not something I did or really anybody my age did, uh, my age did 10 years ago. Uh, but there's a, a resurgence in that. Um, there is something to be said for having something tangible in your head, in your hands, much like an e-reader, uh, and the people that are still hanging on the books. Uh, I don't think it will be as prevalent. Like, I'm not sure if these small town, like random small town in the middle of nowhere, America is going to continue their daily newspaper that they've always had. But I think the ones that are pretty large and are, and are of good quality, I think they'll continue to still have a paper, like a literal piece of paper uh, as an option for media consumption. So outside of the Courier Journal Sunday paper, do you get, do you subscribe to anything else? Uh, uh, different magazines like Economist um, used to get that a lot, at least. Uh, I want to, like I said, get New York Times. Um, 
I, I do feel like it's a little different though because when you're talking about like records music loss is like kind of timeless in a way I feel like newspapers people aren't like holding on to those and like looking back and reading you know from 15 years ago um so I think it's kind of different I I kind of have a little bit of a different view I do I don't think newspapers are going to be super long term I think there will be like that small market for people that just like really have a hankering for their the newspaper um michael (laughs) which is great no we need people like you i love it um but yeah i think mobile phones are will continue to be how people kind of consume news going forward um and i could even see maybe um through youtube or something because i feel like even tv you know um outlets are kind of ceasing to exist things are kind of like switching to I think they have like YouTube TV or something like yeah. that, or Hulu is streaming sports games now. Like, I just think things are gonna kind of change from how we've normally consumed. So there was a study out, I think, by Pew Research, and they said that um, YouTube was the number one channel that people got their news from, which I just thought was interesting because you know my exposure to YouTube is primarily through my kids, and they're watching just like really silly stuff on it because they're six so I you know I do I would never think to go to YouTube to watch news um, but apparently a ton of people are doing it so I yeah. I wouldn't think it would be either and I'm not a huge YouTube fan because I'm like I don't care to listen to someone you know talk about a certain product or something for like 25 minutes yeah. I don't feel like I really have the time and I'm more of like I like to consume things fast yeah so but I mean I think yeah, YouTube's super popular. That's where there's so much money and people are eating it up and I guess have the time to do that. So I think it's definitely going to switch over to that platform in the future. What I always forget about is that people actually like browse YouTube, which is not something I do. I, I When I'm on YouTube, it's because I Googled something like a how-to yeah. and YouTube was had a video and I just clicked on that for the first thing that showed up. But yeah, I mean, there are regular vloggers out there that people still pay attention to every day um I, like i haven't i don't remember the last time i subscribed to a channel on youtube it's always just been what do i need right now and what can youtube provide for me yeah and i wonder because i mean every parent i talk to they're like my kid spends all their time on youtube so i wonder if that generation is going to grow up and that's going to be their primary way of communicating with people i don't know and you guys will be outdated. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Scary. No, no. But um, what about like when you read something on BuzzFeed? Do you take it seriously? I don't know. I feel like it's just they do a lot of stuff just for fun or to get attention. I feel like it's more of like fluffy to me. There, I don't really so, I mean, there's, yeah. there's BuzzFeed, but then there's also BuzzFeed News, which is a little bit of a distinction. And they're posting, you know. I mean, I still take them with a grain of salt, but it's different than the regular BuzzFeed site. And they do have, like, on-staff journalists, if you... Yeah, I mean, they're, they're journalists. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so just to wrap up, like, thinking about the future, um, what do you think the future of... If you're going to predict something for 2019 for social media, what do you think is... What would be your prediction? And we will have this recorded so we can go back and see how wise you were. What do you guys think? Um, a deeper 
search function. And what I mean by that is instead of going to Google necessarily to go search for anything you need, um, Facebook will probably have a, a more uh, intuitive and functional search bar where you can look up videos, pages, brands, obviously, and you can do that to an extent right now, obviously, but um, news, you might see the same thing on, on Twitter as well. Don't worry, Ellie. I don't know if I have a specific answer, but I think I'm just gonna hope that we can add more than five accounts on Instagram. That's I'm just gonna put that yes, out please. there. Please, Instagram. <laughs> Do you hear us? Um, I I feel like the whole trends of Instagram stories and just this idea of disappearing content. I feel like there's gonna be more emphasis on people spending time creating that versus potentially posting pictures every day on the actual feed so it's kind of a shift like we had talked about a shift away from quantity to quality and then putting the quantity on the disappearing side um, i agree yeah. i feel like people are already putting a lot of attention to it for even a lot of brands are like filming stuff to upload to their story rather than doing a post like people would rather look at that something that's quick and fun than a a post that has a long thing written about it, you know? So I think you're totally right. I think we'll see a big switch to companies putting more focus to that area. I think you're right. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, well, we'll see. Um, anyway, guys, I think our, our time at the House of Pod here in Denver is running up. Uh, but, you know, Courtney, Ellie, it's been nice hanging out with you all in person. Um, and uh, for those listening, see you next time.